Yep, there it is. Mm. Let's do it. Welcome to Debatable Effect Television Show. That is deeply excited to talk to you about uh, what Michael Irvin looks like without glasses, I think. Um, What other topics do we have? Um, uh, Other NFL stories that are also about um, people uh, looking Mm -hmm. weird. And Dominique Foxworth. Basketball, soccer, Behind you is a beautiful beautiful sunset that in no way betrays the chronology of how we taped any of this. Time travel, Um, baby. It's real. Mina Kimes, Spencer Hall, uh, a clearly hammered Dominique Foxworth, just hammered on takes. Um, So high on takes. So I guess I sometimes think of this like our cafeteria table, Dominique, where we're hanging out, you're eating potato chips, um, and sometimes a friend wanders over and we get them to hang out with us. And we have coerced Mina into doing so. so We would never, ever sit at the same table in a cafeteria. (laughs) Mina, maybe. Who, Pablo, who is, hell. No. Well, just, okay, good. Oh, I just you're, you're the, that oh, okay. Sorry, you're one of the cool kids. Is that the oh, fiction yeah. that you're running with? Okay, yeah, you and the jocks, you and the jocks are letting me um, hover around creepily. We aren't, actually. You, you remember that meme that everyone used to do with the cafeteria tables? Which one would you sit at? And it would be like, you know, NBA players or, yep. I don't know, characters on Game of Thrones. I was always so terrified people would do an ESPN one because I don't They did don't do an ESPN one. Way. I remember seeing an ESPN one. It might have been like Lebertard did it or something, I think. Or no, it wasn't ESPN one. It was like a Lebertard show universe one, I think, that they did. And you were at well, one then of you're the tables, just... and you like one because you are a fan it? favorite. Of course, you did. Well, when you, when that meme <sighs> happens, you really want to be at a table with the right people. I don't. Like, sit me next to SVP. I want to win. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Come, this is all right. I, I want to any... be at the table with Mike Irvin. Me, Michael Irvin, bunch of empty seats. That's all squinting, I want. Squinting, squinting, glasses list. We are gonna, we are gonna be eating and licking our fingers. It's gonna be great. <laughs> finger looking good for the podcast audience i hope that sound is as disgusting in your imagination as it is in reality but that does give us a segue admittedly Mm -hmm. to the first topic speaking of michael irvin baby how about them cowboys uh guys we are two days out from the cowboys monday night win which means we can zoom out a tiny bit and you know They've been generating a ton of pressure with their pass rush. They're running the ball well on offense, and Dak Prescott should be back soonish. So my question for you all is, has your opinion changed on how good this Cowboys team can be? That's the wrong question. Oh, okay, wait. I was going to make fun of Dominique uh, dancing his way into somehow uh, Dak Prescott take, but why are you objecting to the question? No, I, uh, are we, we're still doing nuanced takes. Isn't the proper question, is Cooper Rush better than Dak yes, Prescott? Yes, thank you. The idea that Jerry Jones said that Cooper Rush has the quote-unquote makeup of a top quarterback. Why aren't we starting there? I'll give you two hardcore football takes. Ooh. Hardcore football take number one. Zooming out. I think the Dallas Cowboys are a good football team. I think the second, this defense, which I thought was going to regress because of their turnover luck, actually is not regressing. They're tackling well. They're getting after the passer. The secondary is playing good coverage. I think they're well coached by Dan Quinn. And I think the offensive line was the big takeaway from yesterday's game for me because Tyler Smith, their rookie left tackle, looks mm. solid. And when we talk about this team, whether they're going to be competitive when Dak Prescott returns, yeah. that is probably the single most Hardcore. important takeaway from that game. Explicit content. Man, she, other takes. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's appreciate she that she went with full names of offensive linemen. You want to get hardcore? That, you name offensive linemen's first and last names. You don't just say O-line playing better because that's what I would have done. Anyway, 
hardcore. That was one. That was one take. Oh yeah, yeah. that was one <laughs> hardcore take. Allie wanted to take. She oh. giving him the takes. All right, let's go. Take two. Speaking, speak, speaking of names, my other take is that Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones should trade names because Cooper Rush <laughs> looks like a Daniel, and Daniel Jones is a great rusher. Wow. But does he look like a Cooper? Uh, yeah. I, I think they both look like Coopers. <laughs> yeah. I think both of them should just be called Cooper. Yeah. I mean, they kind of Daniel. Both of them should be named Cooper Rush. Sorry, that's a tick. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper, Cooper Rush sounds like the name of a quarterback in a TV show, yeah. not a real quarterback. Yeah. What was that Speaking show? Names, you know that one show? Okay. Is that like a WB show where that clip of the guy playing quarterback oh, throwing the ball? Yeah. <laughs> like that guy's name yes. is definitely Cooper Rush. Oh wait, wait. We have the ability to edit that. Absolutely. Display. Oh yeah. That I'm pretty sure that. With I'm Cooper pretty Rush sure we're not allowed to do that. That it. seems illegal. I mean, no, this is fair uh, use. This is fair use. We we put that on highly questionable. That's clear. Oh, viewers are seeing it now. Amazing. Nice. Speaking of names, while I derail this show even more, Peyton Hendershot. You're actually railing this name. That's the game. That's the problem. Yeah. Peyton Hendershot. Peyton Hendershot. What a name. Every time they said his name, I was like, Peyton. That's big video game that uh, has now like gone too far into the future to use the names of the players you started with, and now has to algorithmically generate new names. Uh, just to be clear, uh, Hendershot, when he Michael Iverson, when, yeah, sure, that's a guy. When he made that catch of the game, Mina texted his name to our group chat with no no other words, just like it just it just needed to be there, and I was not Hendershot. mad. Nobody responded to it. <laughs> it I realized there. also I, when I saw it, it was like it was like later, and I was like, "Oh, no one's in on this." All right, I'm just gonna let this. Sit. <laughs> I thought that was a crowd that appreciated name humor. I guess I was wrong. There, you didn't give us any humor. You just said a name. I was trying to set you up. I was like, Peyton Hendershot sounds like. You didn't say sounds like. You just said Peyton Hendershot. I, it was implied. Oh. So the card that I thought we were going to get back before I was really interrupted by this entire uh, railing of a derailed conversation is this one. Yes. Thank you. Finally, oh. Micah Parsons is terrifying. Ain't he? Ain't he yes. Tell me I'm lying. He's great. Dominique, I, I, history smiles upon this tweet. It gets better. It gets better every time you put it up. I was ashamed. <laughs> when I tweeted it, I felt like Magic Johnson and I was embarrassed. But I've gotten more and more proud of this tweet as time goes on yes he's terrifying it's a really bold take about a top 15 draft pick you really <laughs> shocked the world <laughs> no i mean you're right he is terrifying he, I, what i thought was particularly terrifying about dallas to bring it back to the hardcore football talk is the reminder that they can generate so much of a pass rush outside of micah parsons and that's why this team is actually good actually good the dallas cowboys because they also got demarcus lawrence who can take over games is good against the run they also have dorance armstrong or dante fowler they're like a million guys on this she's showing up this so to be clear defensive line you can take that shit to nfl live we don't need all these names on debatable <laughs> yeah can, Go I, ahead and can take, I ask can I, can rap, I, hold on wrap can all I, that shit up <laughs> and take it over there to dan orlovsky and them that's, that's, we don't need that's, it over here not, that's a Stephen A. move, not an NFL Live move. Wait, the naming, the naming name, of the names. Naming, the naming of names. <laughs> I know names. <laughs> I'm telling you, this Dallas Cowboys team, they've got Dalton Schultz. They've got C.D. Lamb. They've got that uh, Noah Brown. They've got Tyler Smith. They've got Tony Pollard. They've got Ezekiel. I thought, I thought, I really I thought of Stephen A.'s move was in them boys. I thought Stephen oh, A. was like, he, he give you a coach. And follow it with in them boys. 
You know, it's like that's right. It's like when you conjugate a verb in Spanish, it's the informal (laughs) plural you. Like vosotros, it's and them boys. Oh, man. Yeah. You know how to that's suck that's the fun works. out of a joke. Goodness gracious. Alabaster. Conjugate so, no vosotros. Back me up on this. I, I'm not going to back you up on, on that. <laughs> All right, guys. I actually think we have a fascinating Thursday night game looming in front of us. And the story of two really interesting offenses. One that has performed really well, particularly in one quarter against the Ravens, and is 3-0, and and one that has stagnated after a Super Bowl run. My question which offense, when healthy, do you think is better going into the Thursday night into the Thursday night matchup, the Bengals so, or our beloved Dolphins? Can I just say that the line on this game surprised me, Alabaster? What is it? It's it's the Bengals basically being favored, right? Like this is this is uh, three and a half. Bengals are three and a half. Three favorites. and a half. Which which to me again, um, moron who just watches football recreationally and then asks smarter people to explain things to him. That's not what I would have guessed based on how everybody has talked about the Dolphins and the Bengals, respectively. <sighs> Offense you respect more. That's the question. Um, I would love to say, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I got us. Oh, it's a good question. You Hold on. You, wait. So this is, we're at the point where you are gatekeeping the Tua train. Yeah. But the, the Bengals give you pause. This is how much you respect the Bengals. No, I mean, it's not even about respect the Bengals. I think I would definitely go with the Tua train. It's about what we've seen them accomplish. The Bengals have had, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess even last year, the Bengals' offensive success was not like something that was uh, sustainable. It's just the talent that they have on that offense was incredible. I think part of our confirm- collective confirmation bias around the Dolphins is that we thought that they were going to be a super dynamic offense or a dominant offense. And since they're winning, we talk about them like they are, but they actually have not been. They had a crazy, I mean, they had their first game against um, uh, the Patriots. They won, but that was kind of a defensive-led victory. Their game against uh, the Ravens, they won. The Ravens' secondary busted a bunch in the fourth quarter. It was just like an incredible single quarter. And then their win against the Bills, again, was not an offensive dominant performance. So, like, this offense has yet to, like, reach the potential uh, that, I think we all assumed that it would if they were winning. So I think they're a better offense than the Bengals right now, but not by much. Mm. Ever since you talked about Dominic gatekeeping, pardon me, the train, I'm envisioning him as the guy in Snowpiercer who kills everyone who's trying to make their way to the front of the car. Just like, I don't remember who played that guy in the movie. Mm. No. Um, Here's the thing. I watched the Bengals offense this week. They looked better against the Jets. I am still not convinced they can beat cover two. Uh, the Jets really, I mean, the Jets played a fair amount of single high and the Bengals shredded that. I don't think the Dolphins will do that. They seem like a pretty smart and adaptable offense or defense, pardon me. I think they'll probably stick to the plan that's given the Bengals, probably the, the Dolphins trouble. Um, I'm also not convinced that the Bengals can run the ball. They didn't look running the football against New York either. Whereas Miami, I know that they haven't been like as efficient, maybe as their reputation suggests, but they look significantly more explosive. And, and also I feel like they can be different kinds of looks. Yeah. Wait, so the cover, so two things. Number one, I love the Snowpiercer analogy because when you stick your hand out of the train, it's so cold that it can freeze off and break off, which feels appropriate to how we judge takes. The second thing is that the cover two thing, 
right? So explain this because this was the thing that we all laugh at when it's Patrick Mahomes, right? <laughs> oh, they're doing cover two, too high. Yeah. And now it seems like Joe Burrow is getting a dose of that medicine and his body is not taking as well to it, at least early on. Yeah, so the, the two high safety looks, the Bengals actually were not great against last year. Um, they were better against them, but they weren't great. And they, but they, they didn't face them all the time. And they also faced the uh, defense were blitzing Joe Burrow, which was a mistake. Uh, and it's largely stopped. Uh, but yeah, he, he would get his favorite receivers either in man coverage or they would, he would have opportunities along the sidelines that have just kind of disappeared. Um, and the way you get out of that is you either with quick game or running the football. And at the moment, the Bengals are not good at either of those things, which is confusing to me, Dominique, because I know the offensive line isn't good, but they looked fine running the football last year. And also Joe Burrow has looked good getting the ball out quickly, and he has receivers who should be able to get yards after the catch. So it's been a little bit perplexing. Yeah, I mean – if you know what they're there, there's no like perfect coverage. So the idea that a player has a hard time beating a coverage seems kind of absurd to me if you're going to major in that particular coverage, especially a player who has like the passing ability of a Joe Burrow. So if Joe Burrow knows his cover two and he can't beat cover two, I don't understand. Like I just, I, I don't get it. Like they can't, they can't create plays like a double slant to your point, quick game, a uh, double slant destroy it will destroy cover two like if you're in cover two you cannot co cover both of those slants it's just that and then overloading the sideline like a levels route to the sideline three receivers to the sideline there's only two players over there like you can like there are easy ways to beat cover two and your point about running uh against it yeah you cannot outnumber the offense in the running game if you have cover two because the safeties have to be back deep so like this if you're going to be a good offense if you're going to have you don't even have to have a good offensive line. You have more players than they have yeah. in the box if you're going to run the ball against cover two. And if you're going to do like a zone read or something, include the quarterback in the running game, you have even more, more players than they have. So, like, I, I don't understand it. It's It falls back on coaching as far as I'm concerned. Zach Taylor has been – I mean, I don't know. I was going to say he's been, been celebrated because of that run they had last year, and I'm not sure how much credit he gets for that. I'm not sure that he's being celebrated. Uh, to be completely honest, but like, I don't know if you got an offensive guru as your coach and the kryptonite to your offense is the second coverage ever created. You're doing something <laughs> wrong. Cover two. Like we did, we're not breaking out something new. This is not. Uh, Wait, my, my main takeaway from that entire answer, which got very confusing to me uh, because I'm not smart about football was simply this. When you talk about a defense majoring in a coverage, are, like, do they, is this like a college? That's the metaphor we're doing here. Like, you major in some things, you minor in, you get like a language citation in something else. Like, how much does this apply? Nah, nerd. Mina got it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You major in it, you have to tell your parents. They're like, that's exactly. not going to get you a job anywhere. Yeah, right. that, really? <laughs> cover two, cover two. We're paying for you to go to college, and all you're doing is taking cover two. <laughs> Oh, I just shook my camera. Um, the, th the one thing Got about cover two is like, you know, they, they should be better against <laughs> it, but it does limit explosives. And it is something you're seeing around the NFL uh, I, as defensive numbers look better and better for, versus, you know, the offense of the last few years because defenses around the league are blitzing less. They are sitting back. They're basically daring offenses to either run the ball or slowly and methodically work their way up and down the field, uh, which turns out is a pretty good approach. It's not a new, I mean, yeah, it's, 
teams. So let, me, let me finish that sentence. Right. It's a pretty good approach for the way offenses right. are built now, right. which is not to run the ball yes. as well. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're watching Monday Night Football last night. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it felt so flashbacky that Monday Night Football game. They were under center, handing it off, smashing into each other. It was it was great. What's up? Now we're getting hardcore. What, Alabaster? Um, I was wondering if you could push this forward with this game. Because I actually am curious. Uh, these are both teams I think we were really excited about going into the season. How do you think these teams are going to be by the end of the year? Like, do you expect the Dolphins to continue rolling? Do you expect the Bengals to figure it out? What do you see from these teams? What do I think they're going to be at the end of the year? I think there's going to be a bunch of people radicalized because no one's going to say that the Dolphins are going to be as good as their record indicates. I think that's where we're going to be. RG3 literally said it today. <laughs> but outside, okay, with all due respect to RG3, you know, I think there is a take there. There is a There's a real estate land grab there it was and I think it was that a lot of people are going to be resistant to actually crowning the dolphins even though they just beat the bills and may be a 10-win team you know with weeks the, left left in the season those weren't the bills those were calling the quarters because 75 percent of that roster dollar wow. bills i got it yeah good wow quarters uh, oh. wow <laughs> wow the sacagawea dollars <laughs> that's uh, terrible um, Non-paper currency is what So I feel obligated to defend my get-up mate, um, RG3. And he was using s some bit of semantics in that if you're doing some sort of power ranking, the resume of the Dolphins right now is impressive enough to put them near the top of the rankings. And I would push back on, like, they didn't beat the Bills. They beat some version of the Bills. Mina, on you, on your podcast, you and I talked about this today. You guys can download it, rate, review it, all that <laughs> foolishness. We talked about injuries and how, like, they're a part of football in the way that, yeah. like, free throws are a part of basketball. Like, so saying that a team. First of all. Yeah. What? He didn't say near the top of the rankings. He said at the top. A little verbal elision there. I caught that move. He yeah, said they're the best team in the NFL. Okay, I, okay. I can't, I can't carry his water, too. If we're going <laughs> to just I do love power RGB rankings for the record. based up, on Bob record, Bob. like, why are we here? <laughs> we go way back. We should just print out the records of teams and walk, walk away. It's not based on record. It's, it's also based on who they've beaten. They just, the two teams that you said are better than them yeah. they beat both of them so like it's that's hard the, to exactly up, that's up. how you radicalize people yeah do you think no i didn't say it <laughs> i agree with you i'm just saying that his argument <laughs> was was today they are the best team in football because today their resume is better than all the other teams in football are Pablo, they actually a little help here okay. you, you were on debate team how do you debate someone who is telling you they don't agree with the take that they're defending? I was just I trying to play How do you debate someone whose answer to the question, do you think, is no? <laughs> Chuckle it up, nerds. Neither of you are allowed at my table anymore. Get out of here. Eat my chips alone. So many chips. Uh, for the record, I love RG3, too. He had the Huskies game, TMI Roofer. And it is a ride. Yeah. He does. He is by far the most entertaining person doing that right now. He's reckless. He has some recklessness, which, of course, um, yeah. as a fake television show premised he was, he was on like, erotic puns, we appreciate. He, he was like, so the Huskies quarterback is Michael Penix Jr. And he was like, yeah, man, he needs a nickname. And I was like, careful, uh, careful. Uh -oh. Big Penix energy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Zero careful. hesitation. Zero hesitation. You knew where he was going. He was going right to Pablo land. I
I thought yeah. he was insinuating. I didn't think he was going to just insinuate. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's move on to a quarterback who is not reckless at all. He's a big check down guy. Um, And it's someone we care a lot about. And my question for you, how how concerned should the Broncos be about being tied to Russell Wilson through his age 40 season? So (sighs) I feel like, I feel like, um, yeah, extremely. Is the answer so far? Like the th- I mean, Mina, look, this is your account, but like the stuff that you would have hoped for from Russell Wilson, right? The whole running around and throwing well, like <laughs> that's not what we're getting. <laughs> and so uh, what is what we're getting? Uh, kind of what you've seen in the last couple of years. I mean, I expressed oh, here it is. Yeah. when they did the contract, I I was I I, I censored myself because every time I I, I, I would say well, you know, he hasn't actually been that mobile lately. And I don't know if this contract is going to age well. People would say, you're sex. You're just bitter. You're just unhappy that he's thriving with his new boo. Oh, and <laughs> Sassy. I'm so internet so sassy. I really didn't yeah. like saying boo there either. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, you gave it a little Anyways. too much ooh. It was a yeah, lot of ooh. But, but the- you don't want to break down how you say boo? You don't want to, you don't want to. Go to the truck. Yeah, one of the one of, one of the O's one of the O's had an umlaut over it. <laughs> strange. The reason I said that is because we had just talked about RG3 oh, and I was thinking about him. He had said the only the only <laughs> boo Russell Wilson should be around is Ciara. <laughs> no, in my head. Okay. Good line. Point oh, is he's got a lot of them. <laughs> okay, so the thing about Wilson is he, he this is a big part of the reason why Seattle wanted to trade him, frankly. Um I am. This is something I know for a fact from talking to people. They did not think his age, game would age well. What? Mm-hmm. I'm actually providing useful information. I'm uh-huh. not like Pablo. Oh, I went to his first game. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I have sources. I got sources. Right, um, journalism. Do 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 journalism here. So part of the reason that Wilson has struggled against cover two over the last couple of years to bring back the dreaded cover two is that, um, you know, he's. Quick game has never been his strength. Working near the middle of the field, that short middle of the field in particular, has never been his strength. And he wants to wait and make a big play happen. The problem is when he lacks escapability, or that mobility is on the decline, he's more likely to get sacked. He already got sacked a ton, right? He he, It's just his style of play. But the thing that made it worth it was you'd get those huge explosive plays coupled with the negative ones. Right. Now, it's if, you're, if you don't have the explosives and then the offense is inefficient, are the negative plays really worth it? I think what shocked me watching him on Sunday night in particular until that last drive in which he looked really good was that he looked ina- inaccurate throwing short and outside, which is not something we've seen from him lately. So I, I think that's going to get better. I think they're still kind of figuring things out. But if I was a Broncos fan, I wouldn't be thrilled about where things are trending for the long term. I mm. like to imagine the Waltons feeling like a lot of people who buy something from Walmart <laughs> – they take it home, and it's not quite what they wanted. And I feel like that's how the Broncos are. It's like, oh, we got a football team. We got a new coach. We got a new quarterback. No, 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 no. Yes, it says coach on the packaging. It says quarterback on the packaging. But when you open that shit up, oh, man, you came back trying to return it. They're like, no, final sale, final sale. Char- you don't get Char- any Char- billions you- back. Since you can edit things, can you do the what I ordered online versus what I got in the mail meme? But for yeah, Wilson, maybe 
young Russell Wilson and then Russell yeah. Wilson. I want second. one for Nathaniel Hackett, too. I want a picture of wow. Nathaniel Hackett and Russell next to each other. The good news for them is you know they, can, they can return him. <laughs> I think the. But you know, you know how. Oh, go ahead. I think no, that what true. they ordered online is Aaron Rodgers, and what they got is this current yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's mm. fair. And and they uh, got Daniel, a Nathaniel Hack, uh, a Nathaniel Hackett bag, an uh, empty Nathaniel Hackett bag that Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be in. Nathaniel Hackett is so bad that no one's even using the most obvious joke, which is that his last name is Hackett. Well, people have like, used that. We haven't even gotten to that no, because there have been so. Yeah, it's, oh, it's been done. Yeah, it's been, is that? <laughs> I think the, after week one, um, Granny was on set talking about <laughs> he oh. he can't hack it. No, it's a thing. Oh, there it is. Yeah, retracted. Mm. Be my retracted. <laughs> I don't think. I, I feel like I might have. Um, Violated Green's privacy. He would never say that on actual television. It was just like green room nonsense. Oh, when you were at the cafeteria table with Mike Greenberg in your table of jocks. I think I let Mike sit at my table. <laughs> can we do a table meme or Charlie? <laughs> I love yeah, that I can, just throw, yeah, we can, I can throw out requests let's, now let's, for let's, graphics. Yes, exactly. We got to use this power you, um, irresponsibly um, to maximize it. Can you put Dude. Laura and Elle at my table? Can you put uh, Fablo at my table too? Oh God! Of course. <sighs> can I get uh, White Jay Z at my table? I, I would like an unlikable table so I can put them all on my back and win anyway. Now let's <laughs> name unlikable. Donate, donate. Let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Wait, I want Dominique to you go first. Draft a Suicide Squad cafeteria <laughs> table. First person that I would have at my table of unlikable Don't ESPN people. <laughs> I think that's enough. I think, I think, I think never too much, enough. never too um, much. Please, please cut us out of that segment. Mm -hmm. I think Keep now. Um, everybody, Mina, I'm on a lot of shows. Mina, care. see you, see you, uh, as, as we are uh, deposed, I guess. About um, forthcoming. Um, Spencer Hall's, Spencer Hall's joining us, though. Dominic, look what we have. Look My fave. Look at him. Look at the haircut. In honor oh, of Spencer Hall, oh, I too that. will wear my most radical glasses. Do I, so do I many. Come across? We so look like we're, we're we look like we're about to invent something dangerous in the fifties. That's what we look like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I literally cannot see because I'm wearing contacts. Um, what do we have? To do with Spencer here, Alabaster. Oh, college football, NBA. God, I loved NBA Media Day. NBA Media Day felt a little like college football in the sense that it was a giant shit show. So let's get into it. All right. So we're going to start with Deion Sanders. We've heard for the last couple of years that he's been tied to several big programs. He's made Jackson State into a recruiting power. He's now tied to potentially Georgia Tech. And my question to you all, do you see Coach Prime as someone who can change the landscape of college football? Change the landscape. Dominique, mm. we're going straight to landscape changing. Uh, I like the idea of two guys in Malcolm X frames talking about radicalism. I love it. Let's, <laughs> let's change the landscape. Uh, I mean, I don't know what that means, I guess, is the question. What are we changing the landscape to? The, the landscape of college football is already kind of changing some, but... I feel stupid talking about this when we have Spencer here. Let's I let know. Spencer like, are we mowing? Yeah. Are we mowing the lawn of are we, college are, football? Are or? we adding some pavers? All right. Are we putting in a Japanese maple to increase yeah, the curb appeal? Some, some bamboo, a koi pond. That's I a man who. That's a man who owns a house. But you can you can hear that all that home ownership. He's owned a house for a while. 
That yes. boy knows about floorboards. He he knows yes. how to fix a toilet. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I know when to call somebody because I'm about <laughs> to demolish the house trying to fix it. Um, I think that that someone who can change the landscape of college football if he takes the right job. His name has come up in association with the Georgia Tech job, and there are a lot of reasons why I think Dion would be a fantastic pick for this job, okay? One thing that Jeff Collins was unable to do was to effectively link the institution of Georgia Tech to the city of Atlanta, okay? Atlanta, one of the great centers of all college football talent and recruiting. If you're within 100 miles of here, you can recruit to within 100 miles of here, and the players within 100 miles of where I am sitting here in Atlanta, Georgia, are real, real good. He was never able to solder the two together for a lot of different reasons. Um, I think it is very important to note that if Dion goes, um, he, he he will be a black head coach in the SEC, and he will be recruiting against Kirby Smart in Georgia. Okay, he's not going to win a lot of those recruiting battles because right now Georgia is a juggernaut, and honestly, historically, Georgia's just been the better program. But I right. think it is important there to note that I think having a black head coach at Georgia Tech in Atlanta, right? Um, which has a gigantic African-American population and is surrounded by a fantastic array of college football talent. That is a potent mix for success, right? And a very different model, a strikingly different model than their in-state rival. That's really what you want when you're talking about being an in-state rival with somebody. You want to have a different brand. So it does all of those things for Georgia Tech. Here are the things Dion cannot handle at Georgia Tech and why he might want to wait for another job. You got to do math. Like a lot of really hard math at Georgia Tech. I can speak from experience. Uh, believe it or not, I have a <laughs> master's in international affairs from Georgia Tech, and what? I had to, and I had to take. I do. And I choose I had not. To take, I believe it. You said believe it or not. I'm I, choosing not. Yeah, I'm choosing not. How am I the most undereducated mm-hmm. person on this show? But continue. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, you, you went to the you went to the Georgia Tech of Massachusetts. Okay. Uh. Actually, you didn't even go to the Georgia Tech of Massachusetts. You went to like the UGA of Massachusetts. Man. <laughs> yeah, the too many boat shoes. Too many boat shoes for that to be Georgia Tech. Uh. Well, it could be Georgia though. Um, the the thing is, you're going to have to do that. I took jock math when I was in the master's program that I was in at Georgia Tech, and it was hard. It was, I'm not totally dumb. It was very, very difficult, okay? Like half dumb. And it was very, very difficult. And I was in with most of the football players in this class. And they were doing difficult math. It is still an admissions challenge to get into Georgia Tech. And if you're talking about taking the most number of players with the most talent, that's just going to be a problem across the board for anyone taking that gig. So, like, yes, it's a very cool idea. But you have to understand, Georgia Tech is a very niche very specific job. There's a reason that they are just one coach removed from running the triple option. Right. Remember, the guy <laughs> yes. who has had the most success recently there at Georgia Tech was somebody who was a Navy coach. So to think of them like an academy or like one of these places that is a very specific fit is probably better. There may be jobs down the line like, I don't know, <clears throat> Auburn that he might want to look at. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I guess the, the the reason why I guess Georgia Tech might be interesting is because it's in the ACC. And yep. I think the competitive landscape in ACC would be more attractive to mm-hmm. uh, a Deion Sanders than joining the SEC and having to fend with the likes of Georgia, Florida, Alabama, all those guys, A&M, eventually Texas and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, the admission challenge is probably the first thing that's going to come up whenever you talk about Georgia Tech. But your point about it being in Atlanta is an important one because that's like 
I guess it depends on what type of experience you want. But my school, uh, I went to Maryland, was very close to a major city in D.C. And it's definitely not a college experience, which I thought yeah. was awesome. <laughs> I don't but, think but not, what is not that, everyone, but not everyone does, right? right? Like, yeah. What is it what does it mean to not have a college experience? I mean, we had a, in this context. We had a college experience. I don't want to don't get me wrong, but it's a big city. So like you're in yeah. the midst of a big city. You can disappear into this big city. You can have friendships in the big city that are not overlapping with all the other friendships that you have on your campus. But I think that's uh, away from the most interesting part about it. Spencer, yeah, like we don't have to beat around the bush. The athletes that people want to make their programs good, by and large, are black athletes. Deion Sanders would potentially have some advantage there. And by being uh, saying that Georgia Tech is in Atlanta, I think people who aren't in who don't know that Georgia Tech is in Atlanta don't really understand that you mean it is all the way like it is in Atlanta. That's where we stayed. North City, yeah. home park, yeah. When when I played for the Falcons, we play, we would stay at the Georgia Tech Hotel before games because the Georgia Tech Hotel was in Atlanta and our training facility was in Flowery Branch, even though we were the Atlanta right. Falcons. So it's um it's two blocks from Junior's, the like famous uh, restaurant chain down there. So it is very much in Atlanta. And if you like the things that Atlanta has to offer, Georgia Tech could be an awesome place for you. However, Spencer's mm -hmm. point, about the engineering school that it is, the challenges that they are there. Like I, 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 I did well in high man. school, and I was not interested in challenging myself in the classroom because I was challenged, being challenged enough on the field. So, so just to be very clear about something, then, because we're doing a lot of a lot of uh, sort of praising of the tech part of Georgia Tech. Like I understand this is math and science, this is rigor, this is academic discipline. Yeah. You're telling me that Georgia Tech. It's not in their DNA to want to, I don't know, slide a little bit in the other direction for the they'll, sake of football. That is not a thing they're interested in. They'll slide a little. But on the whole, this is a research institution competing against other tech research institutions. So they're not going to budge a whole lot. You got to understand the SEC, you're dealing with top to bottom 14 schools, soon to be 16, that are all seriously committed to football and they all have more or less the same priorities with a few exceptions. What's up, Vanderbilt? Um, <laughs> but then, and even they spend a ton of money oh, right. on football. They spend a ton of money on football. The ACC yes. is is like, seriously, the other guys, all caps, the other guys. This is a conference where we have to establish common ground between schools like Florida State and Clemson and Boston College and Virginia Tech. These are not... <laughs> schools that have anything in common like like almost like culturally in terms yeah. of what they do in terms of their focus their specialty right and and when you talk about the level of talent it goes both ways cutting on the negative end you're not going to be able to instantly get a talent pipeline and say you're going to be on the best tv availability for your parents to watch every single week or for scouts to see you that's just not going to be the case it's slightly less than that right um, in addition to that, cutting in the positive route, you can turn your season into a two-game season. Like for a long time, like Florida State, they were the masters of this. They would say, okay, we have two games on our schedule that are really tough, and the rest of them we can kind of chew through. If we have yeah. to start our second stringer, it won't be an emergency at quarterback, right? Can I can, can I zoom out of this question yeah. for a second here? Because yeah. I understand that the Georgia Tech recruiting base that is there is is like a wondrous thing that no one has tapped into in the way that Deion Sanders specifically mm -hmm. could but 
I'm wondering when Alabaster is asking this question about changing the landscape of college football, do you see the landscape changing because Georgia Tech or a an analogous school could emerge with talent and Dion and just be so good? Or is there something about Dion that is actually challenging the structure and, and again, to torture the uh, the lawn metaphor here, like what are we redecorating here yeah. if Dion is actually this figure of change? So I obviously mean, you're, you live in Manhattan your whole life because you don't decorate lawns. But anyway, go ahead, Spencer. Mm -hmm. Don't put recruiting. some gnomes on there. Recruiting. Come That's on. it. Like, like, do you want to know, like, like 80% of the job is recruiting. I think this, so, this question is more interesting if we talk about Dion as a potential uh, landscape changer. I think we all agree that it's <laughs> not going to be at Georgia Tech. I don't know that yeah. Deion Sanders is capable of changing the landscape of college football. And by that, I guess you mean creating a new power somewhere because he's not changing gonna, like, the expectations of yeah. who gets to be a coach I think the best, at the highest level. If he's going to change the landscape of college football, it's going to happen at Jackson state. Like that's a real change in landscape. Yeah. He's going to continue. If he is capable of continuing to recruit right. and improve the recruiting that he's doing down there, that is the landscape shifter. I don't think that Deion Sanders going to uh, a SEC school is really going to put a dent in what Georgia is building, what Alabama has built, what, Ohio yeah. State has built. So, like, no, I don't see him changing the landscape unless he stays at Jackson State. There's also this. Right now, what he can do at Jackson State is in a fairly small pond, be a very large fish that gets all of the food, that gets all of the prime, the prime goodies in terms of, uh, pun intended, talent, right? He can just mob talent there. You're not going to be able to do that at a much larger school because half of that job is evaluation, recruiting, and development. Have you seen Florida's team picture? You probably haven't. I'll paint it for you. Here's your standard team photo. Five rows of very large men in very tight jerseys. And then above them, five rows of personnel. Described <laughs> as personnel. And Florida this year, they're not going to be impressive on the field, but that's not even the point. These are corporations now, and you have to build up a front office. Alabama has had one for a decade. Ohio State has had one for a decade. Right now, Georgia has one. Programs like Florida are building to that. That's something that Dion, as a serious coaching candidate, which I think you should, you know, entertain and respect him as that, that's something he hasn't had to do. And that's something you have to do at a larger program. So I'm kind of leaning toward Dominique at the moment because he hasn't done that. You need somebody who knows how to do that. And one thing you skip when you kind of hop up the coaching ladder is yeah. you miss all of that kind of organizational training and knowledge. Right, 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 right. Florida actually has rows of actual landscapers in the team photo, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. We earned our check, guys. We now let's did. get to basketball. Let's get to this basketball. Do yeah. it. Well, I'm going to disappoint you because I have one more quick college football question. It's fine. On, it's a what are the chances, though? We're going to play what are the chances That's I want it. percentages from you guys. Mm -hmm. Georgia has wobbled this year. Alabama has wobbled so far this year. Michigan and Ohio State still play in the Big Ten, so they're going to punt a lot. And my question to you, what are the chances there's no dominant team in college football this year? I would just like to say, by the way, the, the wobble that has freaked Georgia fans out was a 39-22 game against Kent State. Yeah. Right? They stayed <laughs> 17 points within a MAC team. And they're terrified. Yeah, for, yeah I, for no reason I was, whatsoever. I was confused at, at that wobble. Um, and what are we calling Alabama's wobble? Is the Texas game? 
I think the Texas game, that's a fair wobble given what's happened to Texas. But isn't there just some kind of wobble where it's sort of like a skyscraper is built to wobble a little bit in the wind? Like, we know it's going to happen. There you go, city boy. Now now we're in There we go. No landscaping. We talk about these big buildings behind me that you Talk about some goddamn concrete and and wind velocity. Um, And let's look at the AP top five. That's Brooklyn. Those are small Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. Yeah, those brownstones. Yeah, those aren't the big buildings. Sorry. No. Um, those are I, your elitist. Yeah, those count. are those are the those are the Wisconsin's and <laughs> no, and uh, let's see, like Kentucky's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, not absolutely. Back there. I forgot what I'm supposed to be getting percentage on. What are the Is chances there that we have no dominant no team, no dominant, dominant team, like team. one? Uh, no single dominant team. Um, zero. Georgia's dominant. I don't know. I should have let Spencer answer because he knows he has a better um, <laughs> information for all this. Yeah, I uh, I might add a number to the front. No, of that no, it's after too Spencer late. Talks. Too late. You're Never locked in. Zero percent. All right, Spencer, go so I can copy your answer after you. I'm going to go that the chances are hanging at about 25. percent I'm going to go one out of four because okay, Ohio. I don't think anyone's really going to test Ohio State for a long time. And Ohio State, if you haven't seen, they scored 77 points this last weekend. That's a lot. So, I didn't see that. Um, yeah, Who did they do that to. Uh, they did that to now. They did that to a MAC team, but Toledo, to be to their credit, that's a pretty good MAC team. You score seventy seven on anybody, you you got ammo. You you got stuff you can do. So I, I'm kind of looking at them as somebody who I don't think is going to get beaten up a whole lot. Like when your biggest test on the schedule is what Iowa and Michigan, you know? Oh, we only scored thirty five. What does Toledo have as their mascot? Hens? Are they the, are they something hens? That's the minor league team, the Toledo Mud. Oh, the, the Rockets. The Rockets. The are. Rockets. Yes. That's a little presumptuous, Toledo. <laughs> what are they presuming? That uh, they are like space age technology <laughs> as a symbol. No uh, thanks. Again, the coastal, the coastal elite, Pablo Torres. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talking, talking mess about the Rust Belt. You don't think that they got a good engineering program out there? No, they I'm get, actually yeah. fighting their claim to be flyover territory, <laughs> I guess, ironically. Um, 24% because I'm docking Toledo for the mascot. Uh, yes. I'm really happy with my zero now. Yeah. I look less like a follower. And yeah. also right. I mean, also it, maybe right. here's the thing. They're a good, they're a solid bet to be good all the way through the year. But given the way that I think their own division has come up, the SEC East, it's not like they'll win and they'll lose in one week. They'll lose over a course of four weeks if they end up losing. By that, I mean body blows. They might have a stretch of three or four games where they lose some people due to injury, where they have this kind of like concurrent series of fatigues where eventually they might drop a dumb one down the line, right? Dumber things have happened. Remember, college football rule, dumber things have happened and will happen. Yep. Second college football rule, I feel like you can just yell Alabama when any question about dominance is raised, and you can possibly look pretty smart by the end of the year. But Alabaster, I feel like I'm looking they, pretty they, dumb right now. So they, they beat Oregon. I thought I wanted to look it up so I could be right. I, I thought this was the case. When they played number 13, Oregon, uh, uh, was that week one? Yeah, they beat week them 40, 49 to three. Mm-hmm. Number 13 in the country, 49 to three. You know what? That's not Oregon's fault they were number 13. That is not. Like, (laughs) just treat treat all rankings as fiction to this point, Uh, right? Like, Anthony Richardson wins one game in Florida. 
one ranking I will not treat like fiction. It's the number one next to the Georgia Bulldogs name. That is fact. Alabaster wants back in. Why? Guys, before we move on, and I promise we will go to uh, NBA Media Day right after this, I have to let you know the origin of the Toledo Rockets name. Oh, yes. Man, it's, please don't it's, be embarrassing for me. It, it's please, spectacular. It comes from a 32-12 to 12 loss by Toledo against Carnegie Tech. The students labeled the team the Skyrockets, impressed, impressed uh, by the flashy performance against a superior team. Sports writers, Get- then, sports writers like you all then shortened it to the Rockets. Get what, the hell out of here, Toledo. What, what Get were all they the way out of here. That? Yeah, that's uh, terrible. That's, they didn't that's have a, a bad name. story. They, a, the team wasn't good enough. They didn't have so a what are we? Are, are, are they English? Are they a, a European team? They just roll out there without a mascot? That's not American. <laughs> Get out of here. They were the default team on the video game, like FCS, <laughs> FCS East. That's what they were listening to. Uh, that's that's embarrassing. They need to change oh, that. Rockets. Like uh, Their fans should rise up and fix that. Yeah. Guys, uh. so let's move on to some NBA media day. And the question I have for you, we have a clip, is what are the chances DeAndre Ayton and the Suns have a fixable professional relationship? Why do you expect me to move on? (laughs) I haven't spoken to him. No, I haven't spoken to him at all. Ever since the game. He looks so young and so old at the same time. No. Yes. I'm here. Happy to be here, Yeah, I'm alright. <laughs> when I'm in between those lines now, I just work. You know, I'm not playing for myself. You know, I have an organization across my chest for the name on my back I have to represent. I'm just here to work, man. If you could talk to Monty, what would you want to talk to him about? What would you want to tell him? Huh? If you could talk to Monty, what would you want to talk to him about? What would you want to tell him? I can show him better than I can tell him. So this all, yeah, <laughs> zero. Can I put zero on the board? That's just zero. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is DeAndre Aiden, who is uh, a Phoenix Sun against his will, it turns out, um, officially saying that the thing where he didn't play in like the second half of the game that the Suns got eliminated in, despite them being like a favorite or a contender to win the title um, because he was feuding with Monty Williams, none of that got addressed with Monty Williams at all. And so when Dominique is observing that, look at those cherubic rosy cheeks and that furrowed ass brow <laughs> it's, it's a weird combo i got it's to hug a, up on it it's, it's a man it's like, who is not enjoying his workplace it's it's no. like a it's a it's a baby with a mortgage is what his face looks like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like come on baby pay uh, pay your mortgage baby you're late um, yeah, that's right learn to refinance baby <laughs> come on baby those adjustable Damn. rate things we learned about those stop signing up for those Jump pointed the question Vanderbilt. <laughs> I answered a question what I want Vanderbilt to Vanderbilt. ass markers pointing at all these <laughs> oh, words. Yeah. Vanderbilt ass knuckles. All right, here we go. <laughs> Is it fixable? No. Does it have to be fixed? No. Because some people, as he said, between them lines, he gonna play. And as maybe some people say about this show, maybe I perform a little better when I'm angry. So That's it's true. possible that mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton also performs a little better when he's angry. Wait, I mean, I a lot like, of people don't I like, like that other. idea. I like that theory that Monty Williams is deliberately, <laughs> deliberately doing this because the other way it didn't work. Like, that is some like, that is some saw three level stuff. If you keep someone mad and on red for that long, if you keep them 
that long simmering and boiling. I that's serial killer behavior. I'm impressed. So so is writing in all caps. Proceed. Yeah, just the the, the phrasing. The, no, but that's okay for set. Um, for the podcast audience. Um, what I'm gonna say here is I think what uh one of the Morris twins, whichever one, Markeith signed with the Nets, right? Like mm-hmm. he was asked too about Kevin Durant and that team, and his whole thing was like, you guys have relationships that aren't great. He said that he left his wife a couple times and they're back together and it's fine. <laughs> I just Damn. love I just love the idea that NBA Media Day is just over all of this shit. They're just like, look, guys, instead of lying, let's just acknowledge you're as messed up as we are. <laughs> so guess what it's like? It's as bad as what your life is. Never, never give an answer that leads to another question. This is <laughs> don't ever do that. Interrogation one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pablo uh, uh, Vanderbilt hands wants you to give them an answer. Yeah, I'm gonna go with negative ten percent, which is it's not fixable, and I don't think they're even gonna try. And I think they're gonna try and trade him. In fact, by the trade deadline, and so no incentive for anybody here. They're just gonna weather this and live. Yeah, in this weird thing where dad sleeps on the couch for a really long time. Oh. Yeah. Next <laughs> day, you know. All right, so guys, happens. rapid fire. We got one more thing for media day. Lakers, baby. Uh, Anthony Davis. Obligated. You know, the guy who wore the That's All Folks shirt. He's now wearing a chip shirt, and he's talking about it because uh, he has a chip on his shoulder because he's gotten so much criticism. My question mm-hmm. What are the chances it changes anything for the Lakers that Anthony Davis will actually be tougher with a chip on his shoulder? Do we have a clip? The chip on the shoulder season. For you. Shoulder season, 1920 season. Oh, like 1920. Yeah, okay. I, I can't guarantee you, go, but we, like I said, we're going to do the steps to do that. But for me, I'm coming in with that mindset to, to dominate. So when he said this, and mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out 1920 season, I was like, oh, he's referring to the time they won the title in the bubble. My brain immediately went to just, oh, like the Great Depression? Like, why are we talking <laughs> about 1920? Oh, we're, we're, ta- we're talking like roaring 20s, right? Like, yeah. No, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, an economic collapse on every level for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, it changes nothing. Hasn't he said stuff like this before? Anthony Davis, man, I, I, I this, is, this is where like trying just isn't, isn't a good look. Stop trying to talk about this chip, man. Like, it's uh, LeBron has mastered it to some degree in controlling the narrative because he does it in a way that he's removed enough that we can buy in. And occasionally he'll do some stuff. He'll slip up and tweet something that's very direct, and then we mock him for it. But, like, Anthony Davis falls into the Carl Anthony Towns, like, line of that's exactly what's happening of media manipulation where you can't be the one to say this. Mm-hmm. You got to leak this. You got to have someone else say, like, man, today in practice, he was practicing like he had a chip on his shoulder. And then it becomes a story. Or you just, or you mm-hmm. actually just play really hard. And then people, like, it's, this is, there's, you this is a no win situation. You can't give yourself your own nickname. You can't make your own hype. That's why you have a hype man, right? You can't Facts. do your own PR. That's why you have a PR rep, okay? You can't say, this is my motto this year. Okay, you don't walk into the lot into the lunchroom and say, "I need you all to call me Turbo this season." No, <laughs> nobody, 
Nobody, nobody in the lunchroom is going to call you Turbo. Yeah. They're going to call you Anthony. It's kind of like the Toledo Rockets. I don't That's believe. exactly right. That's <laughs> they, correct. Just like no. And say, so hey, the, call me Rockets. No, the Lakers, they just got their asses the, kicked, and then we started calling them Rockets. The Rockets Lakers. Do, Rockets do blow up from time to time. So, like, you know, they maybe a little. Do. Did you guys see that – Um. They hit that asteroid with a rocket. That was cool. Way so this NASA. is where I am, yeah. Dominique. I was like, oh, I'm going to find this. I went on Twitter, looked up asteroid uh, NASA, found a bunch of stills, but no like embedded video and gave up. <sighs> so <laughs> I got it. took like 20 seconds. <laughs> so they just spent years and millions figuring out how to do this. And mm-hmm. you gave them 30 seconds. It was like, nah, I'm good. You guys just out here saving the world, <laughs> preparing to save the world for the chance that we do this, and you don't want to. I gotta be honest, the video underwhelming. Keep it real. It, it was. It was, it was underwhelming. Yeah. Incredibly underwhelming. You can't, uh, you can't that's gonna, what I'm saying. That I'm gonna give that zero zero percent. I'll answer that, Vanderbilt. Zero percent. Uh, man, if I could fake the video that you're releasing, and you're the most preeminent like <laughs> space travel organization on the planet. Uh. Not impressed. A little I'm bit a, of Toledo in I'm NASA's a, whole uh, sort of repertoire. I'm going to take over that NASA account, and I'm just going to tweet out footage from Armageddon. People are oh, going to be like, no way. Like, yeah, we did that. We 100% did that. I mean, I'm sorry that they couldn't get you 8K resolution uh, a million miles away from Earth. My bad, <laughs> Pablo. Jeez, I'm sorry that pyrotechnics weren't there to make you happy. Jeez. Yeah, they're gonna post them saving the world on Twitter, right? Like, hey, you know, we we, we deflected the asteroid. First response is gonna be like mid. Ratio is gonna be ahead of that. Like, too long, didn't watch. <laughs> Poor Pablo. Alabaster, you have no idea how many really important things I've done this for. A lot of my reputation, I think, is coming from the fact that I went to like a fancy school. The number of things that I have just <laughs> zoomed right past on the internet being like, I think I get the gist. I yeah. think I get the mm-hmm. gist of the collapse of American civilization oh, is gosh. generally what I've been relying on being true. Um, so I just have two, two quick interjections. One is I still think there's a chance that the chip shirt is a ploy because he's sponsored by Ruffles third eye open on that one um and the second thing i have to say is speaking of mid did you see lebron accidentally tweeted hashtag the mid from akron quote tweeting a, uh, a nike tweet um i'm not really i'm not gonna get mad at him for doing a an incorrect ohio related uh hashtag or reference because dominique i got something wrong but it's not really going to make you feel any better about this the rizza did not go to youngstown he went uh, 67 miles away to steubenville what the steubenville f- yeah see this, i just made it worse i really should have just let you believe that but i'm a man of my word i mean at least youngstown i can cook up a story around it i don't even know what's in the steuben what who is oh steuben? wait wait was steuben what was the one where the animals got out of the zoo that was, was steuben, that, that was stupid steubenville that was yeah. impressive pablo way to google it and then pretend like you you remembered something Mm-hmm. See, that's that's the one story I did click on. Let me see about these zoo animals. Did you see the new pictures of Neptune? No. Oh. Don't worry. It's up there. They... You can look yeah, no, no, no. You can just blow right past those bubbles. Yeah, one, one, one Google it. I can yeah, imagine. On your way to play trombone champ. Oh. <laughs> Have you oh, played it yet? We gotta get... Is there a multiplayer trombone champ? We gotta... not, not yet. Oh. Not yet. Do it.